I'm Caroline. Over the years, I've started a bunch of creative projects I failed to finish. So I wanted to talk to creative people, writers, comedians, filmmakers, photographers, musicians, about how they work and what they do when things get tough. Learn the secrets of finishing. From Dublin, Ireland, it's Operation Project. I, I too have a so Yeah, I think you've probably here. given me this one. No, I definitely didn't. Yeah, I'm sure you did, even though I took all my precautions. <coughs> what can you do? You can't blame the... Don't shoot the messenger. Don't I only blame put... Well, yeah, and What I, do you want me to do? I patted you the other day in the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. I did what, the hovery... The hover hand. I did the hover hand. Yeah, but anything could have happened. You know, you laughed and maybe some... Sputum. Sputum <laughs> or germs... <laughs> Arced. Jumped into the atmosphere. Arced into your coffee cup. Okay. Is this recording? Yeah, it is recording. Okay. Because I just may as well just go. Yeah, great. So, um, yes. So I'm here with Liam today. Liam Hurricane. I'm going to read out your illustrious list of what <laughs> makes up Liam Hurricane. Oh, God. Actor, <laughs> screenwriter, impressionist, comedian, improviser, wow. voiceover artist. Up. Satirist. Unbelievable. It sounds amazing. Sorry, <laughs> read that again. Read that again. You want the whole list again? Yeah. You don't say it right yeah, and I'll okay. read the list again. Yeah. Actor, screenwriter, <laughs> impressionist, comedian, improviser, voiceover artist, mm -hmm. satirist. You missed out playwright. Oh fuck. Oh I do apologize yeah. here. I'll make and, that. Note. And journalist, actually. Like Jesus. Journalist. Yeah. Okay. An all round arsehole oh yeah arsehole well i thought the arsehole was implied <laughs> <laughs> heavily implied um so that's uh, like a lot singer, of singer singer why are you singer i've i've sung i've sung um I've done bus one. conductor <laughs> you've conducted Actually, buses gardener sommelier okay okay you're just making them no i'm now. not these are all things i've done really yeah okay but landscape gardener sommelier but we're not really talking here about like working in a video shop or whatever. Like, I'm sure, yes, you have done other things. You're lost. I've got some great anecdotes. Okay. No. Just mind yeah, your Right. Mind. No, I'm, I'm, I will. Why? Is this equipment quite expensive? No, it's actually not expensive. Oh, so, fine. So, so when it, you put something on the table, it kind of bangs. So put okay. your cup on your little... Okay. I have a little kind of nice Jesus, stand You're a real here. control freak, Karen. Well, I just... <laughs> enough shit goes wrong with... Uh, <laughs> All of this without having cups banging around the gaff. Hang on, I'm actually going to turn it down a little bit. Okay. So, okay. um, that's a very, apart from being a sommelier, how do you say it? Sommelier. I should explain what that is, by the way. That's the guy who looks after the wines in fancy restaurants. Oh, yeah. I was a sommelier in the Royal Irish Yacht Club uh, many years ago. And did you actually have to know about wine? Well, I didn't. So, uh, I don't know why I was made sommelier, but... The guy said, yeah, you're looking after the wines. I think it's because, I don't know. I think it's, I think I was kind of being used as like um, bait. You know, I was, I was a young man then, of course. Okay, and, uh, so you your know. young handsomeness, <laughs> slightly haughty manner, <laughs> shamed people into buying expensive bottles of wine. I think maybe that was yeah. the idea. Okay, did it work? Idea. Well, there was one guy who wanted me to, you know, come and cater at his private parties. <laughs> Very private, just the He's, two years. Well, I don't know who else was going to be there, but he said to me, he, he leant back in his chair uh, one, one, one evening and said, I've been watching you. You're very discreet. <laughs> I do parties at mine and I would very much like to have you cater at them. So let me give you my details. 
that was it. That that was my that was one of my experiences at the Royal Irish Yacht Club. And did you go to his private party? <sighs> no. <laughs> did that you didn't? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. I, you know, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't quite. You know, if I'd been maybe if I'd been you know a little more hard up, I might have gone there. Yeah, yeah. God knows what could have happened to me. Or if you'd known a little bit more about wine. <laughs> or if I'd known a bit more about wine, yeah. <laughs> How long did you work the Irish Yacht Club? The Irish Rot Club. The Irish Erotic Yacht Club. Yeah. Uh, I worked there for a, a grand total of five weeks. Oh, okay. That yeah. was a short. Gig. Oh, listen, I'm I'm a complete wuss. I, I I've had hundreds of jobs and I've only ever lasted about five weeks in any of them. Okay. I, I have no staying power. That's something you should know. About That's me. interesting. Yeah. Uh, my podcast is about, um, <laughs> well, it's actually about, some of it is about having staying power, not having staying power. Yeah. What projects and what things interest enough, us enough to actually last the distance on them. Yeah. And what, like, some things should fall by the wayside. Like, yeah. some things are just shite and it's grand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And a dog can be pursuing something that perhaps doesn't it's fucking worth it yeah. it's also not necessarily a good thing it's so, a very yeah yeah so um, being able to pick what projects are worth it and what are being able to pick but you know it's an interesting uh subject because um you know there's this thing people talk about uh character building you know and things that are a test of character right yeah. now if that is if that is a thing then uh my character is absolute rubbish <laughs> that's weak it's weak <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> You know, like I was a boxer. I, I I did some time boxing. I was in the ring. Uh, you wow. know, little little known fact about Liam Horrocks. Don't talk about. You didn't say boxer. Then no, I didn't. Well, either. I wasn't a massively successful boxer. Right. Uh, and in fairness, like I was kind of late when I came to it. But you know, I put in a lot of. I actually put in. I was. I was. Uh, it was for about a year. But you know, it, I had no staying power in the ring. You know. Okay. Luckily, I didn't throw in the towel myself. But my uh, my um. My corner threw in the towel for me. Right, right. Yeah. Um, what what interested you about boxing? It's interesting. I'm actually from a long line, line yeah. of boxers yeah. as well on my yeah. father's side. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of fancied the idea of punching someone in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like I've never punched someone in the face, yeah. right? But it's like a very sci fight club fancy. I wouldn't mind punching someone in the face. Yeah. Does it feel good? Yeah, it feels great. But it also feels great to punch a bag. Yeah, okay. It feels sorry. great to punch anything, really. Yeah. But the satisfying thing about punching somebody in the face is more that you've hit your target and that there's a nice kind of a, a meaty sound to it. Yes. Rather than that the person is actually in pain. Yeah, yeah. I never wanted to inflict pain on anybody. No, it's just like a t- it's hitting a target. Yeah, it feels really good. It, it's kind of like fencing or something, maybe. Right. You know? Oh, I tried fencing before. I'd love to. Well, I'm sure it'd be interesting. But the same people who used to teach fencing used to teach boxing. So there's a lot of similarities in the stance and stuff. Of course. Uh, yeah. I, I did um, I did this. It was the actual worst thing I ever did in my whole fucking life was uh, I did four ballet classes. Okay? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was in my late 30s and yeah. I gave it a shot. And it was actually a friend, yeah. a friend of mine bought me a like a voucher for four ballet classes and it was very kind because i had said i'd like to try it yeah oh my fucking life yeah. it was the worst thing i ever yeah i just fucking hated it yeah and everyone else in the room had all done ballet when they were little kids and interesting yeah. and i had never done it in my life and i remember i, I texted you i mailed a woman and i went listen i've never ever ever done ballet can i just show up to this class is that all right and she's going yeah no worries you'd be grand and I was up, but it was all fucking plies and all this. Oh my God. And it was nightmares. And there was a bit where you had to like dance across the room by yourself <laughs> in front of everyone. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my, it was literally the, like I left the room and I was crying and shit. It yeah. was horrible. Yeah. But I remember yeah. it, in the same studio, it's like a dance studio place up on Sheriff Street. 
you saw people who were fencing in another room. Yeah. And now you're going to the fucking misery of ballet. Yeah. And they looked like they were having such fun. And they're wearing those fucking cool fencing oh, outfits. Oh, yeah. They're really cool. It's yeah. like, it, it's yeah. kind of like crossing a droid and a droog and yeah. Catholic orange. It's Thank you. It's the fucking coolest yeah. thing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do fencing yeah. the next With time. With the Count of Monte Cristo thrown yeah. in. Yeah. And you can't, it, yeah. people are genderless almost when they're wearing those yeah. outfits. You don't know who anyone is. Oh, it's very yeah. cool. It's unbelievably cool. Yeah. So and, I, the, and, the t- and the tightness of the of the clothing as well, <laughs> yeah. you know, the no, crisp really, white tightness. It's quite erotic. Oh, it's like it's it's arousing. It is. I've, so I've, I try fencing then, yeah. and it was actually super fun. I did it for like eight weeks in That's a school amazing. in a school yeah. in Ballsbridge, yeah. and it was fun. Have yeah. you tried fencing? Uh, no, but you know, I mean, it's the kind of thing that I would try purely because of the aesthetics of it. Yes. And in fact, it was a large part of the aesthetics that drew me to boxing. To boxing, well. yeah. there is something. I'm a very superficial person, it's, and I get absolutely noble. mesmerized by stuff like you know. Uh, you know, well-oiled muscles, you know, rocky, you know, these th- yeah. everything about it, you know, the, these, the gloves, the redness of the gloves, yeah, yeah. the beautiful, shiny redness of the gloves, the silk shorts, shorts. the <laughs> gleaming muscles. I mean, like, you know, wow, it was only a question of time before I, I decided, yeah, sure, that, lo- that looks great. Yeah. I and could do that. The and then you get inside it and you realize that it's quite a different thing going on altogether. Yeah. And the training and stuff yeah. is probably quite great. The training is brilliant because because you're super super fit. What's not so fun is when you actually you're not and sparring is really fun, like fencing. But when you're actually in the ring, then you're up against somebody who really wants to uh, to do you serious damage very quickly. Fuck you up. Yeah, so it was kind of weird. I, I, it, I, you know, I've been in some fights when I was a, a young teenager or a kid. You know. And it was like, fucking hell, this is something like being back there. But you know that th- that when you did your ballet, you had four classes. Did you do all four classes? Yes. I made a commitment to myself. Right. Even, you see, yeah. right. You're not like me. I'd have been, I'd have, you know, when you were crying in the corridor, I'd, yeah. that, I wouldn't have been back in the room after that. You would have been outy. That's right. And yeah. that's where you have, that's why you've got such a strong character. It's and funny because I don't feel like I'm someone who has fortitude. But I well, guess, that showed some, some yeah. fortitude, I think. Oh, that's, that's very sweet. It's a good way of looking at it, I guess. It is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. talking about, we're going to talk about comedy, I suppose. And I did do it. I did a second city improvisation course. Yeah. I, I paid whatever it was, 400, 400 pounds to do a week with Second City. You know, in, Chicago, these are like the top improvisers in the In Chicago, or was it? It, it was, was in London. Yeah, it was yeah. in so London. So they sent some people from Chicago or something. Like it was That's a proper right. real thing. It was a proper real workshop. And, and, I, and I thought, yeah, yeah, I, I bet I'll be really good at improv. I thought, you know, because I've done stuff where I've improvised in character. Yeah. But it, turned, it turns out I was shite at improv. <laughs> I was absolute rubbish. Uh, and within two hours, I wanted a hole to open up and for me to disappear into it. Oh, God. That was yeah. your ballet. Yeah. That was like, that was your ballet. But, you know, the difference then between me and you is that uh, you went out and cried and you came back in the room. I, I said, I'm just going out for a short walk <laughs> and uh, never, never came back. You're like the dad who goes out to get a packet of cigarettes. Yeah, that's back. right. Or Scott of the Antarctic. <laughs> I'm just going to disappear now and you'll never hear from I me again. I sometime. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw one of the girls who'd been in the class a few weeks later in the supermarket, and she was like, well, what, what happened to you? <laughs> Nobody knows what happened to you. And you're like, yes, yeah. and? <laughs> you know, they make it look so easy, those good improvisers. That's the thing. This is always the thing. People make something look brilliant, and you think, yeah, sure, I could do I'll that. I'll do that. I'll be amazing yeah. at it. I'll, like, I'm, I'm yeah. gassed. That's I'll be right. amazing That's at That's right. And then yeah. you're like, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? This has now become yet another test of my character, <laughs> which I'm going to fail. It's the... Yacht club all over again. Mm. It, people who are really, really good at stuff make it look like it's really easy. That's right. And you yeah. don't see 
the pain and the sweat yeah. and them being crap for That's years right. That's that went right. into it. We That's don't see right. any of that shit. We don't see any of that. And it gives us false ideas because we go, oh, well, I can't do that. And they can do it so brilliantly and I can't do it. So that means I must be crap at it. But that's not necessarily the case. If you put in the amount of work and effort that they did. They and, were shit at the start. Uh, like, I don't know work. if they were shit at the start. Mm. I, I I don't know. Like, you know, like, I mean, are, are you always talk, do you mostly talk about comedy in, in these podcasts? Well, it's funny. It's not supposed to be talking about comedy, but sort of wound up. You know way. a lot of comedians. Because I know a lot of comedians and mm. I was pulling from my network. It's ended up talking to a lot of comedians but yeah but because i'm talking well, about comedians yeah are they're very interesting funny supposedly not really <laughs> no i'm getting around <laughs> i'm joking some of them are really funny but because i've uh because i'm usually talking about like a specific project um it doesn't really matter who i'm talking to but i've, sure. I've ended up talking because it's more about how you do projects rather than what project is so yeah i have talked to different people right. but i love talking to comedians and yeah. i do i do actually happen to know a lot of them yeah so they're yeah. they're who yeah. i'm pulling for them first i'd actually like to talk to more musicians but i don't really know many musicians, musicians. are really boring don't talk to them <laughs> okay. they've got nothing to say for themselves <laughs> that's hilarious so like you know when we were doing this track man uh we just thought like uh i just wanted to uh you know i felt like uh this would, would somehow sum up what i was feeling at that time they're they're very emotionally uh, uh connected which yeah. doesn't always make for okay and it's not well well i guess we'll see but i, I want... know nothing about the musicians by the way okay so just to... this is just prejudice <laughs> full, full disclosure <laughs> You sound really convincing. I was like, oh my God, we must have talked to lots of musicians <laughs> no, about, no, no. about their creative aspirations. But uh, comedians, you've done stand-up comedy, have you? Right, yeah. Well, I've done it once. I did I did it once. Uh, and, and again, I wasn't very good at it. I but, did it once and I wasn't very good at it. Yeah, I mean, I felt stupid doing it. Right. I actually quite enjoy this, just chatting to you here like this. See, but, chatting's you know, brilliant. Chatting's yeah, chatting is really easy. good. Yeah, yeah. Because there's somebody opposite you. When, when you start... You know, when you when you slow down and there's a, an uncomfortable pause, then the other you know, person picks the, the other person supposedly can come in cheerily. Is that what improvising is supposed to be about? Then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't work out. But either, it's a different so. discipline. You have to, I guess, you just have to learn how to do it. It's not. It it, it isn't the same as a conversation, and no. it isn't the same as stand up comedy. But there is a a sense of you allow yourself to fall backwards into someone's arms. Yeah, you have to. Tr it's about trust, isn't I it? I think so, and you have to be in a kind. You have to get into a. Well, I think when I've seen good improvisation, and I love it when it's really good. Like I much prefer it to stand up comedy. Right, usually. right. When it's really good, like it, it seems that the the person is is just you know, has has somehow allowed themselves to be just completely open and just let the ideas as crazy as they are just like land and they go with them so with, it, with the fearlessness yeah they're not going oh shit is no, this exactly. going to be crap is this going to be hilarious? no exactly they open their mouth yeah. and whatever comes yeah comes i think with performing i think relaxation uh, is I, I i can't i think that maybe there's nothing more important than than like than being properly relaxed yeah then then getting to that state where you're properly it's easier said than done because as soon as you have to perform your the tension levels just go they they go up to up to ninety, but you and know when when you... the good stuff starts coming out, it's yeah. it's when you're like you're 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 so you're, you're physically and mentally relaxed uh, to the to the point where 
ideas are allowed to come in and you, you can, can tap into and them. you can tap into them and act on them yeah. as they're happening and i think that's true for improvisation i think it's true for good acting i think it's good for true for anything it's true like, for a lot of stuff it's true yeah. for a lot of and stand up some stand-up comedians are like super quick off the cuff and uh i mean that's kind of improvisation isn't it when they're just riffing with yeah. the audience you know but that's often lot, the best stuff a lot of them aren't like that Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. A lot of them are like just pretending that yes. that this is all that they're just coming up with it then and there. Yeah, and really convincing. <laughs> and like, really convincing, yeah. and then you see them the second time, and you go, "That was all. A, that was all a fucking and cheat." You, you're a little bit. <gasps> I know. I know. <laughs> just a tiny bit. I know. But what I do is more character in the sketch comedy. So there's never yeah. any, you know, no one's ever in any doubt if it's a sketch. You know, the sketch has obviously been done before. It's yeah. more theatrical. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it, the project that you're probably putting like some emphasis on, like uh, aside from what you're doing in your career, mm. is your like mockumentary yeah. on your hell raising old lovely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, raising hell, who have Frank Barrington mm. is the name of it. Mm. Now I saw the trailer. I, I saw it. It's like you made it like a two, three, three minute teaser. Yeah. And it's fucking deadly, right? But is that available for anyone to watch or is that like a private link? It's not really. It's uh, I made that with uh, uh, filmmaker David Cran, who Mm. I work with, collaborate with a lot. Yeah, Uh, I know him. Yeah, yeah. And we we we've been talking about that character for a long time. Um, This this character, you know, based on uh, Richard Harris, Ollie Reed, Richard Burton, Peter O'Toole, all those Hellraisers from a certain era. They were like, you know, they're like dinosaurs now. They don't, they don't really exist anymore. They don't really have them now. No, they don't. They have a new generation of Hellraisers. They're like Johnny Depp or, you know, they call themselves, or Colin Farrell. I yeah. don't know if he's given up the drink now. But, you know, they're, they're so self-consciously kind of uh, continuing the tradition of the great Hellraisers. But like Hellraisers now, you know, it's very difficult to be a Hellraiser in a, in a Me Too world. Uh, where you know any kind of bad behavior is um, you have to apologize for it. And that's it's right. Just, you have to. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You you have to. You, you know. So um, these hellraisers were free to be themselves. I mean, you know exactly. <laughs> they you were know, free to improvise. Yeah. fucking drinking and feeling people up and being horrible pricks. That's but right. But it was theirs, and that's there was right. a fearlessness to their being horrible pricks. That's right. Whatever that we you, all enjoyed. Yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, people lived vicariously through them. And, uh, you know, once you start, like, um, getting kind of uh, moralistic about it, then obviously the fun evaporates. Now, maybe you're right to get moralistic about it, you know, and undoubtedly, you know, that there's like, you know, the Me Too thing is, is obviously like, uh, it's, it's great in many, many ways. But um, the, 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 like, when I was, when I was a teenager, uh, I think I saw The Doors and that like had this massive effect on me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Jim Morrison. You know, you're, having a wank on well, um, stage as a teenager. You're like, there could be yeah. nothing cooler than yeah. you know wandering around in this fog of alcoholism and drug-induced euphoria. You know, getting blowjobs <laughs> of strangers <laughs> in yeah. elevators. Totally. You know, completely irresistible to the uh, opposite sex. And ir- irresponsible. And, and irresponsible. Totally allowed to be irresponsible. Celebrated for their bad behavior. Yeah. But but, but what's interesting in this uh, script, I hope, is that once you start digging into this, you know, because but these myths crop up around people like uh, Jim Morrison or, you know, Richard Harris or Ollie Reed or these, you know, the great Hellraisers, you know, they become these mythological figures. Uh, but when you start actually digging into the behavior 
you know, you're like, okay, well, uh, you know, maybe he was actually just a drunken bully. Okay, yeah. Or or, or maybe, you know. And it, and the, the constructed idea of them, it was like a, maybe a bit more PR spin than, like trying to make it, in a way, making it just a drunken bully. Well, it's much more powerful than cool. PR. Yeah. Because because it, it's, it's so deeply romanticized, yeah. you know. It's like people write, you know, you know, Melvin Bragg writes a biography of uh, Richard Burton, and you know, like, like just, just, like the idea of the of the artist, you know, and the person living this creative uh, life, uh, you know, where they're 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 breaking on through to the other side, you a know, consequence they're, they're breaking free, on. yeah, yeah, creative it's, it's a really romantic idea, yeah. you know, yeah, Di- Dionysus or Bacchus or you know, you know. Uh, and, and like people really, people, people, people write an awful lot of crap about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, an enormous amount of guff has been written about that. Yeah. So the idea for this character came from, I can't remember which great actor had died, but you know, the reams and reams of like gushing showbiz biography, you know, uh, we just thought that was really funny and that, that, that it would be a good, uh, idea for a mockumentary to be making this, you know, this thing that's full of that showbiz gush. You know, full of these uh, characters who who crop up in these documentaries. You know, talking yeah, uh, about. You know, there was this wonderful moment, and he came in, and and uh, and he looked around, and you could have heard a pin drop. You know, all this kind of shit. These scavengers picking the scavengers from the bones yeah, in the wake of someone's death. It's right, like, thank yeah. God that prick's died, so I can get on the telly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And this guy, this character we've created, Wu Ha Frank. You know, he's obviously, you know. When you start actually hearing about it, you quickly become aware that the guy was like, he was just a fucking monster. <laughs> right. He was a monster. He may have had some talent, but he was an absolute monster. He was a prick and everyone let him be. That's right. That's uh, right. The, the, the teaser is really good because it has um, like clips of the films that, mm. he, that yeah. the Frank Barrington is in. Yeah. And uh, just like this gorgeous kitchen sink drama. Oof. That's right. Yeah. What? And I was like, I was moved. I was like, I want to see the whole film. So, and there's That's a Roman cool. epic and right. yeah. uh, what, like an Irish Civil War picture. I can't remember. Yeah, it's, That's right. That's right. They're re- like, clearly you wanted to get those right. And yeah. that was an important part yeah. of the, um, the whole concept is that they look like, like I'm a, where did you do your Roman epic? Yeah, I know. It's just, I know. it's like it's some, you're on a stairs and there's a brick wall, and you, but you have that Roman hairdo, so I'm totally bought it, you know. Glass Nevin, I think we shot that. Right. Yeah. You, you just, you're taking nothing and turning it into Yeah, we had, a, we had a we had about uh, a few feet of green screen and we managed to like stick it behind a, a, a marble column. So we managed to make it, it look not not too bad you know you get the idea from it anyway yeah and the color it's it, it's like this technicolor like from that's right uh, it's gorgeous yeah. yeah well you see like that's so much fun and everybody enjoys that it's yeah. like once upon a time in hollywood i don't know if you've seen that yeah yeah oh my god it's amazing yeah like you love one loves looking at that at at, at uh films from a certain era being recreated talk about romantic that's you're just transported back to that and you kind of go no, that's right it, this yeah. is so wonderful everyone must have had a brilliant time then yeah it's, yeah. it's artifice but it's yeah. gorgeous yeah it's so fun and i just so, but, but you like you know the western you know and, the, oh, and like it goes yeah. on for like a long long time yeah. until you almost forget that you're uh you're watching a film so within into, a film i was so into the western because i love yeah. westerns yeah so i was just going yeah this is brilliant this is yeah. a brilliant western like and you I was, can have so much fun with that yeah and myself and dave cran we we've always loved parody i mean just parodying stuff is pretty much the 
it's pretty much the heart of what we do. In fact, uh, you might say it was all we do. But, you know. Well, I, I thought this teaser is amazing. Thanks. And uh, I know you've written a script. Yeah. So And you've submitted that to Screen Ireland. We put it into Screen Ireland, yeah. With with the taster, with that, with the, the little video. Cool. And uh, you were telling me the other day that you're thinking of making some theatre piece as yeah. well. Yeah. So we want, like, I think it's a really good idea. And uh, the people who I trust, who I've sent it to, uh, and I've talked to about, they 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 also think it's a, it's a really good idea. So so I feel that it has to be, by hook or by crook, it has to be made. It's incredibly difficult, obviously, to get uh, to get a film made. Yeah. Uh, anything is difficult. Or, or it's all so difficult. But you know, if you really think the idea is really good, and and I've had many ideas over the years, but I think that you know the character is really good and the idea is really good i think people would really enjoy it you so, keep coming back to this idea as well like well we've had it for a long time yeah. so and literally nothing happened with it for about 10 years and then you know you, then um uh you know you start to panic because you become middle-aged and you're like jesus what have i got to show for this <laughs> let's go back to that that was a really good idea <laughs> yeah. and also, let's do it really quickly so so yeah, yeah so we're really doing quickly, a yeah. uh, we're doing a stage version of it as well which we're going to submit for the Dublin Fringe or something like that, a platform, you know. But the important thing for me is that it, it just, that just forces us to continue to work on, work on it. And if you keep, keep working on it, I do, like, experience uh, has shown me that, that, that it does pay off. It does pay off eventually. You know, yeah. it might not pay off immediately, but if you just keep working at it and you believe in it, and you incrementally yeah. move it along in sensible ways exactly. that move the project Exactly. Along. Somebody will see it here and then somebody else will see it there. And then, you know, before yeah. you know, and then something can happen and it can happen really quickly. Yeah. You know, but I, I think that my experience anyway has been that if I, if I don't start working away on, on my own projects, then n literally nothing will happen. Like yeah. 10 years will go by. How could it not? How could it not? Yeah. How could it not? It won't just happen. I'm yeah. an actor by uh, training. That's what I wanted to do is to act. And for the first few years, I just expected it was going to happen. I was just waiting for the phone to ring. You know, I was going to be like, Hamlet. I'm good. Yeah. I'm trained. That's right. That's yeah. right. And they try to tell you at drama school, it's not going to work like that. And you think, yeah, no, no, no. It is that it is going to work like that for me. Yeah. All these other slobs. No yeah, way. Don't worry about that. No, these I'm other guys know. I'm, I'm different. different. I'm, yeah. Where so, did you go so to drama school? I went to the Central School of Speech and Drama in London. Okay. Uh, for three years. And um, and that was great. I loved it. Uh, and did you go out of school or like, did you go afterwards or I don't know. Uh, no, I took, a, uh, there was a year, I took a year out and I auditioned at drama schools and then I auditioned at five and then I got in, uh, I got an offer from two of them and I took, and I went to Central. Yeah. And how was that? Was it a good experience? Central was, was, was brilliant. Yeah. It was really good. It was, it was, it was great. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty intense, like for three years, you know, obviously you're just spending, um, the, the, you're spending all this time with a small group of people and um, and the work is obviously intense. But uh, I was lucky. I had a good year and uh, there are a lot of talented people in that year. Yeah. And uh, Are you still mates with and them? And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I'm still mates with, with a lot of them. That's nice. I don't, I don't see them that often. No, but no, every but... so often I, I'll work on a, a project. Uh, I, I might get um, a part in a play or a TV thing and then I might bump into... Somebody who has a college with. That's, that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. 
That's cool. great. Yeah. And uh, and so when you you moved to London to go to school there, and then did you stay in London or did you like I, come uh, back? Because I know you're like we're friends, but not for that long, just for a few years. So I don't know. I don't know your whole backstory. I don't know the origin of <laughs> the origin story. Yeah. Well, Caroline, um, <laughs> three, no, I was three years at drama school, um, and then I was two years working in London um, doing classical theatre. I was at Shakespeare's Globe. Uh, and uh, Did I Shakespeare was, himself own that Globe, yeah? Sha- yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he came in like, and he says, your man's, your man's fucking brilliant. He's gift. Yeah, he's gift. Um <laughs> It well, you know, it was built. It was built on the site of the uh, original Globe. Wow! Yeah, that was really cool. I love yeah. Shakespeare. Actually, I love Shakespeare more than anything. And uh, if I was doing really what I wanted to do, I'd probably be doing a lot more Shakespeare. But uh, anyway, I worked for two years. Sorry, I'm I'm just being told off here. <laughs> Don't move. Don't put stuff on the table. Don't jugs <laughs> of water around. Anyway, blah blah. Worked in theater, and then uh, and then I. I uh, I, uh, and I, then I didn't work in anything for quite a few years. Uh, the work dried up. I was back in Dublin. And then um, I thought I'd better do something. Thanks a lot. We could, we could turn this into like um, a sound, sound effect booth. It's like Foley. Smash melons with mallets <laughs> to create the impression of somebody's head exploding. Okay. Um, I'll go out and get some melons in a minute. Like <laughs> Tesco across the road. <laughs> Um, anyway, this so is great. Come... This is great, by the way. Just like shining on about one's own, uh, oneself. This I mean, is really indulging. You're it's so indulgent. You love this. Yeah, I, I could, I could do this all day. This is great. <laughs> you only got an hour. Questions so... about my boring uh, life. No, Stay up. So you came back to Dublin. Yeah, I came back to Dublin, and uh, and then uh, I wasn't working. So so then I thought I'd better do something, or else I'm just gonna you know, dying a pompous grave, unremembered, unloved. Yeah. Um, so uh, then I started, uh, we started this club on Capel Street. Um, it was a kind of a cabaret. This was back in the uh, early noughties when cabaret was taking oh, Dublin that. by storm. <laughs> it was rather. <laughs> were we cabaret or were we vaudeville? Mm. Mm, we could never quite answer that, you know? And so what uh, was it, what kind of, turns were in your cabaret uh we, it's um we I, I well that i started doing like jerry adams as this um as this camp cabaret artist because it, it leaves an impressionist as well which i kind of want to get to i have like loads of notes about impressions because i think that's really i think yeah. it's really interesting i fucking love impressions. i think everybody loves impressions it's a bit like you're, you're saying do, everyone yeah. loves the parodies of seeing a good parody of a movie a loving one everyone yes. loves impressions in the yeah, same way they do um, yeah yeah and so you're an impressionist mm. uh, and uh jerry adams is one of your i think he was, your guys, he was like. the first one i started doing right okay um because when i put the beard on uh and a pair of big goofy teeth i realized that i looked exactly like him <laughs> right so you know if you look like if you look totally like the character then you know it's not a big ask then just if you can if you can just you know make your voice a little bit lower <laughs> and then um you can start to sound um like jerry <laughs> and um so he, jerry was so jerry was, was yeah he? he was kind of yeah he came on and, and uh martin mcginnis was on keyboards <laughs> and they, they do uh you know they do um, they they do 
they do camp uh, tracks together. Um, he might throw in a bit of um, political uh, stuff with it, but people people kind of responded to that uh, immediately. And uh, I did other characters as well, but he was the one who kind of um, he, he kind of he kind of he, he was the most popular in that. I mean, it was a great show. We had we also had like. Uh, um, uh, what are they called? Burlesque dancers. I was going to say burlesque. Yeah, burlesque was yeah. big. And burlesque was comes in and yeah. around every yeah. ten years. Yeah, yeah. Me and Angus do talk about burlesque a little bit. People but used to really love that. Lo- it was, but I it was, loved it. I it was part it of the fifties, yeah. the, the noughties, fifties revival. That's right. Thing, yeah. yeah, it seemed really decadent. Like. Yeah, but it was great. We had uh, there were the three of them. They were called the the coquettes of cabaret, and uh, and they they do like burlesque acts in between. Um, characters and we had some we did some video with it as well cool it was called Volta and it was really uh it was very enjoyable where was that uh, that was on Cable Street and then we did a fringe show with it it was in Slattery's on Slattery's, Cable Street. I was gonna say it was the Slattery's like there was Slattery's yeah. was a great place for gigs back in the day it was but, too much well now. you see it changed hands and we went in then to talk to the new owner and said uh oh yeah we, we used to do this cabaret show here can we can we do it again and he said um uh, no, no, we, we we don't want any gay shows in here. Oh Jesus! So okay, it's not a gay show, but uh, but whatever. Okay, yeah. you're grand. Um, I don't want to do a show here uh, if you're going to be a prick about it. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was like a shrine to Thin Lizzy in the in the nineties. Oh right, it was okay. something. It was something Maybe. to do with Thin Lizzy. Okay, so yeah. it's fucking philo memorabilia yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole of the upstairs was a shrine to Thin Lizzy because I used to play in Shehara bands and play in there in the nineties. Oh right, okay. Um, and I remember that. that well, they had all I remember that they had a little stage it was it was cool yeah they might it was still really have it cool. it could, was great they could easily still have it i don't know if it's still a shrine to thin lizzie but that's what it was like back in the day wow. it's a dirty place yeah. yeah 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 it was cape street's actually kind of cool now so they but yeah even though it's really diverse no it's there's great no it's got all those sex shops and there's no chains at all there's uh, no there's no, no that's true. Uh, yeah. starbucks yeah. Like when you walk it from top to tail it's all yeah independent yeah. stuff and just like yeah. Japanese restaurants, Korean restaurants. Yeah, and some really gay good, bars really and, good restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I actually have soft spot for... Martial pictures. arts shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's another uniform I like is the like judo uniform. Have, yeah, have well, you ever tried that? Well, when you think about it, it's quite like the uh, the um, the fencing uniform. Isn't yes, it? it is a little Crisp bit. Crisp white. <laughs> yeah. And bare feet. So it's a little bit like yoga that way because yeah. it's bare feet. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I might go in and have a feel of that. Yeah. It's, it's one of your fetishes. <laughs> That's more interesting to me than a sex shop. Go in and have a feel of the judo. You, you could combine the two of them. I'm sure that there's a costume in the sex shop that's, you know, that's a judo you know, from your big dick sticking out of it or something. I don't know. I'm all right for that, actually. You're gone. Um, so, oh, yeah. So you had your uh, club on Capel Street. That's right. That's right. And, um, and that was, that was great. Cause, um, uh, that was the first time I started to write some of it. Some of the writing was terrible, but some of it was actually kind of funny. And, uh, out of that, we, we, we put a bunch of sketches together. Uh, also just to interrupt, that yeah. forced you to do something regularly because you had your club. What was it, once a, it was once a month, once a month. Yeah. I'm doing a once a month club. I think myself once a month is, is really good. It keeps up the pressure. Okay. More frequent than that, you know, quality control can, can get can a little bit down, loose. Yeah. This, uh, this week will be a bit shit, but next week will be deadly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. once a month, there's only 12 of them in a year. You That's sort right. of have to impress or That's you have right. to learn from, yeah. from month to yeah. month. Yeah. Something has to incrementally right. 
go up and you've enough time you don't really have an excuse yeah, for it to be shit that's right so well, I think once a month is great yeah. I think so too and I was lucky enough to be unemployed at the time so, <laughs> Hooray. Uh, uh, yeah. so it became I became absolutely obsessed with, with Valta right uh, and uh, I'd just be writing and filming stuff all the time and it was brilliant I did it with a couple of other um, guys and uh, we, uh, we 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 yeah like every, once every two months then I think is like you know there's no momentum you slip out of the consciousness yeah, of do. people people you are do. like oh is that yoke still on so I think That's once right. a month is perfect yeah. I'm to, am I allowed to plug my own yoke that I'm please producing? go for it it's so, really good I was uh, there last week you were thank yeah. you for that so I'm uh, with comedian Brian Cheadle I'm producing it it's Retrovision um, in our show on the first Sunday of every month and I think we're booked to do that through now till the summer. Anyway, yeah. we're going to be in summer. It's really funny. And yeah. you're going to be on it. Yeah, I'm going to do a character on it. In the coming I'm months. going to do Alan Retrovision, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> the idea of this show. It's it's very uh, it's very good format. Uh, there's this hilarious set, which is basically an 80s video store. This is like the the the, the premise is that this is the last video store. VHS video VHS store. VHS yeah. video store in Ireland. And the guests, the comedians come on and... and uh, the host Brian uh, and the guest they both watched uh, a video chosen by the guest the worst video they can find and then they absolutely uh, they talk about it and it's, it's really funny it's and they terrible some... movies that you love so there has to be an affection yes that's right yeah side. well I mean there's yeah. nothing like there's nothing like a really 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 bad film I mean there are a few things as satisfying as watching yeah. a really bad film. It's I mean every year we watch Love Actually. My my oh, me and my sister and we 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 wince through the entire thing. <laughs> it's fucking dog shit. Oh it's yeah. it's unbelievable. But I mean it's love, worse than wincing. You, you you're love, actually yeah. yeah, you're actually like chewing your fist <laughs> and punching things and 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 like and 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 screaming out loud. It's so revolting that film. Yeah. It's amazing. It's I mean, it's a masterpiece of revoltingness. You see, you have watched that. You you watch it. You and your sister have this ritual of going, oh, my fucking life yeah. watching this. I have only watched it once and went, I'd rather cut my head off than watch it again. Oh, so this, you know, there's a, a line where yeah, one no, man's yeah. terrible film yeah. is another, uh, that yeah. brings some joy, is another's <laughs> uh, no fucking way man film. So, you know, yeah. and I, I'm trying to express to somebody, I uh, it's shit, but seriously, it gives me pleasure it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing, but that's what retrovision is anyway. But once a month, yeah, for sure, yeah, is a good is yeah. a good timing to do a club. There was another one of those I watched last night actually. Uh, yeah, what what's it called? The Circle. Have you seen The Circle? The Circle with Tom Hanks and oh, Emma Watson, and it's like social media. Oh, it's so bad! It's, it's so bad. Fu- fucking well corny, as yeah. I remember. Yeah, I think I switched it off halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like normally I would check Rotten Tomatoes before putting on anything that I didn't know about. But for some reason, I forgot. And then we checked the Rotten Tomatoes afterwards. And sure enough, 15%. I mean, probably the lowest score I've ever seen. Because I love Tom Hanks. Uh, the Money Pit is on. Um, do you say it's, it's Tom, Tom Hanks? Hanks normally has a lot of quality He's, control. Really, he does. Oh, what happened? I don't know. One? Someone dropped the ball. Yeah. So I watched The Money Pit the other night, okay. which is absolutely, oh, fuck. It's, a, it's an 80s favorite of mine growing mm, up. Mm, uh, mm. I love The Money Pit. And it's real 80s New York. I loved 80s New York when I was about 10. 80s like, New go, York was go, amazing. Ghostbusters is my favorite oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and actually, big is like my yeah. favorite film yeah. of all time. That's probably from about like eighty seven yeah. or eighty eight. Yeah. And Donald Trump was in a few of those eighties. Oh, he probably was because yeah. he was like a thing. Yeah. He was a guy. He yeah. would have been a man about town. Yeah. Um, but I love that a working girl. I just love the aesthetic yeah. of eighties New York. You know those like business yeah. women walking down the road and they're runners and Trading then they change. Places. 
fucking trade places, all of that yeah. shit. It's so uh, it's extremely romantic for me. I love that. Yeah. The money puts really good. I would. It's a Tom okay. Hanks, and I. <laughs> but I, it's just it come on Netflix the other day. So it's definitely. Come on Netflix. <laughs> so definitely, I'm looking at it. And it's Shelley Long. I'm gonna start it. Me and Brian watching it. And Brian's like, oh, Shelley Long. She just doesn't have that much charisma. She's only really Diane from Cheers. And then when we were watching her for a while, he turned to me and went, actually, no, she has great timing. Yeah. Like Shelley Long, you kind of think of her, of her as quite insipid and yeah. thin. It's actually not at all. It's just she's quite understated and actually a great comic actress. I don't know who Shelley Long is. <laughs> she's uh, Diane from Cheers. I, you I, totally I know I never her. watched Cheers. I don't <gasps> know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. That Seriously? Would, yeah, your boyfriend would kill me for that. <laughs> he would she's rather. A complete comedy nerd. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Cheers yeah. is just such a part of our lives growing up. Like just watching. It used to be on every... It was on very often on RTE TV. Yeah, and, okay. And we just, you always used to watch. Well, I watched, Liam, I watched a fucking shitload of telly when I was a kid. Like, really. Well, that's, that stands that stands to you now. Not really. I don't, and I barely watch any telly now as a as a. Yeah, I know. Uh, who does? Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So, so, but it's just telly. That's just plonking down for six hours in front of whatever the fuck was on. That was like my childhood. Yeah. Sounds really depressing. And well, it kind of was depressing. Well, but yeah. you know. And then uh, it came along video games and, you know, telly went out the door and it was video games then. <laughs> Again, I never got into video games, but that's just because we didn't have a have a, have a, have a PlayStation or, a, or oh no, we had a VIC-20. Oh, yeah. VIC-20 because we had a Commodore 64. Okay. But VIC-20, there was not so many games from the VIC-20. I think there was Space Invaders and Pac-Man. It was quite early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. I, can, I can see your... It, that's not going to rock your world. We had a Commodore Four, and there was heaps of games for it and the sound was amazing. Wow. So uh, my, my sister had an accident and got compensation and we bought a Commodore 64 because they were really expensive. Wow. So yeah. Uh, yeah. hooray! That's yeah. <laughs> not very nice. I can but, see that you and, and Brian, your boyfriend, you have so much in common, actually. Yeah. You really do. I mean, this is a match made in heaven. It's creepy. Yeah, well, it's, wow, yeah, and we. I mean, this we, is a lot of a lot of this uh, retrovision. The, the the you know the monthly show that uh, that you and Brian do. You know, a lot of this is uh, is very pertinent to that. Yeah, it's I suppose yeah, and we met in the nineties, right? Yeah, like nineteen ninety one or something yeah. like this. And we used to go and play video games. Well, I'm not going to talk about me. This isn't about me. Name. This is about you. You're you. kind of like a a living version of uh, of of Stranger Things. You know uh, what I mean? <laughs> And I'm sitting here, I'm absolutely head to toe in Adidas. <laughs> I, sometimes I go, oh, do, should I wear two pieces of Adidas? Or is that weird? Is she wearing an Adidas dress and an Adidas top? I'm addicted to vintage Adidas. You it's rode a BMX here today. I, I, almost. I actually had a BMX. So uh, did I. In the 90s. So did I. With yeah. the back pedal brakes. It yeah, was amazing. absolutely incredible. Uh, it just and um, blue and yellow. Like, uh, like yeah. Had, classic yeah. BMX colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. I'll, I do, give you, I'll give you that. I do love, I love the 80s and the early 90s. Okay, <laughs> impressions. You So you did your Jerry Adams. Yeah. And then. I did Jerry. And, and we, so how did we, you branch out into. So we used to, um, we used to uh, do, do. We, we used to film Jerry Adams sketches as well. We'd do like Jerry Adams cribs and um, Jerry Adams jackass. And uh, oh, it's so of the time, isn't it? That's so 2000. And yeah, it was, one, it was brilliant. I mean, yeah. he was such, he was such a gift. Anyway, we put, we, we sent a tape into channel four and somehow somebody looked at it and asked if we had more stuff and somehow we got uh, we got uh, a sketch show out of it, uh, which was unbelievable. I mean, oh, like, it was a comedy lab one, was it? It was comedy lab, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, which was a half hour uh, Channel Four sketch show. Actually, Jerry Adams wasn't even in that one. 
Can we see that? Is that around? Uh, that's, on the, on yeah, the web? That's, that's on the web. I'm that's totally getting a link. On, I'm going to link to that. Uh, four on demand or something, I think. Cool. We did two. We did Ape, which was like 13 minutes uh, of sketches. And then after Ape, we got the Comedy Lab. Okay. So, that's like, ama- like, what an amazing thing to do. I know, I know. Well, absolutely. Like, that, it doesn't, it, 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 it happened, it happened really quite easily uh, to get that. I mean, uh, that then created a false sense of how easy it would be how after that. Like, um, You're like, do you and, not and just mail a tape to Sound Forest? Isn't that like, how everyone gets everything? I mean, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Like now I realize that, you know, having spent like three, three years, you know, sitting, having endless coffees with producers uh, talking crap um, and, and nothing going anywhere that like that, that was unbelievable. But that was probably because uh the commissioning editor was you know he was he, he well he now runs the bbc and he, that was shane allen he's like he, he's 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 obviously uh you know he was he was the tapes were coming in and he was actually really looking at them and trying was, to find some interesting he was stuff. actioning things yeah. and being yeah. passionate and, about and something let's be, let, yeah and let's be honest that, that, that sometimes that doesn't that For doesn't sure. happen you know they yeah. can be lazy like anybody but he definitely wasn't lazy so we did that uh comedy lab and then that out of that, then I, uh, I got other stuff uh, on sketch shows, uh, mostly in the UK. Savage Eye as well. Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously that's... I'm going to put a link to your Savage Eye brilliant. sketches. Um, There's a, you're in a couple of notable ones. What's your favourite ska- Savage uh, Eye? Well, the one that's the, the one that's the, the, that has the most views is the Roy Keane one. That's fucking gas. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Uh, Roy Keane, good fellas. <laughs> yeah. Um... I'm making a note. But as you say, people love impressions. They really love impressions. And um, so it's just very immediate. You you know, it gets an immediate reaction. Yeah. If you come on and do an impression live, you've already got a laugh free. You don't even have to come up with a good joke. Right. They just, you know, they love the impression. For that same reason, impressions can be limited because once you've seen the impression, you're like, okay, fine. Yeah. And like, so, so often the challenge has been to create a character from that impression and, and get more material, which we managed to do with Jerry Adams because there's obviously so much uh, material that that that, that 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 you can get out of Jerry Adams with his history. And we got a whole stage show out of that called Jerry and the Peace Process, which was a musical <laughs> based on the troubles or based on the peace process. And that was like probably the favorite thing I've ever done. But, you know, you can get much, you know, Simon Cowell, for instance, who I do. You, well, you can't, you can't get that much out of Simon Cowell, really, because the nature of what he does is frivolous anyway. It's already, you know, it's already mm-hmm. kind of, you know, if, if, if characters like that who are in this, very, who, are, who do something superficial, who are in a superficial world, you know, a boy band member, you know, it's just... They already know that. they're ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. It's, Almost. Yeah, and, and there's not, you know, whereas some somebody with, with Jerry Adams. Jerry who, Adams was you know, like earnest. You know, who 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 claims never have to to have been in the IRA, mm. despite the fact that like, you know, <laughs> there are like 50 books with hundreds of people saying he was definitely running it. <laughs> uh, like that's that's brilliant. Like, you know, that's the that's the like, that keeps there's given. a split. There's a there's a there's a, there's a uh, there's a split personality, you know, right, right at the heart of that. Yes, There's, conflict. Yeah, exactly. Actually, conflict within him. Exactly. That you can use and exploit exactly. in, in exactly. any number of ways. Exactly. I like characters 
I mean, often they're like slightly older characters, you know, because like people, people's characters get more interesting often the older they get, you know. Yeah. So I, I like character, you know, I loved Peter Stringfellow. He was another brilliant character who I, who I got lots of material out of. Right. You know, it's like Peter Stringfellow doing parkour. You know, parkour. <laughs> um, it was obviously, that was the summer parkour was here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Peter Stringfellow, you know, helping out, you know, underprivileged kids. You know, like Peter Stringfellow, who's like, obviously like the epitome of like this sleazy guy with his long blonde mullet. And he's like 70. Uh, but wearing he's leopard really skin print. As well, like he's, oh, he he's, he's, a, he's like a really... Is that's he still, right. Is he still no, I'm afraid he's, he's dead. And I mourn him every day of the week. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, no, no, you see, this is the thing with impressions. You have to study them so minutely and for so long. Like I've watched hours and hours and hours of Jerry Adams. You, you begin <laughs> to actually like, you begin to know how they think. You begin to like, uh, it, it's, it's quite, it's quite, it's almost an intimate thing that you're doing. Because you just can see into their eyes. You're looking and so close. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And what, what often happens is that they, you know, you might not have agreed with them or, or liked them initially, but what often happens is that you suddenly begin to see the world from their eyes yeah. and you begin to develop real empathy with them. Of course, yeah. And they start to make sense. And they start to not seem ridiculous or frivolous. You actually understand their point of view and, and what with, they're trying to do. And with yeah. Peter Stringfellow, I found, I found that the heart of him was like, you know, there was almost this like, you know, heroic romanticism, you yeah, know, yeah. you know. There was something, you know, wonderfully life-affirming and positive about what he was doing. Yeah. The fact is that he was expressing himself with adult table side dancing. <laughs> but the actual essence of what was going into that was like this, like, this beautiful positivity. Yeah. So we always wanted to, like, you know, make a parody of a, of a rom-com with Peter Stringfellow as, like, the main character in it, you know, looking for love. Um, but, uh, but yeah... Every so often, then a character, you know, no matter how much you study them, you still you still kind of loathe them. Okay. There's something just ultimately loathsome about them. Yeah, I know you do Donald too. Trump. Well, I don't really do no. him. He's really difficult to do. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Donald Trump. So I'm not really interested <laughs> in the news. So you, you know, I don't give a fuck about the news. At no, all. no, that's not no, very. Well, you're better off. Say. You're better off. I, I've already yeah. said in the podcast that I don't consume any news media whatsoever. So I'm not going to get into Donald Trump thing, but I, I, I probably everyone does that. Like people do, it's- Everybody thinks they can one. do it maybe, yeah. You want to have things that are like current yeah. on your impressionist roster, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, like, you know, Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg, I do. Yeah. Jacob Rees-Mogg is, a, again, like he's a, he's, a, he's a fascinating character. There's something so weird about him. I only know him to seeing your impression right. of yeah, him. Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I don't know him outside yeah. that. Yeah. You seeing where you on the Tracy Ullman show and you're yeah. in a bath. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, no, that's no. how I know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah, like somebody who, like what's great for an impressionist is if they have a really like strong stroke weird look, which he definitely does with the Hitler hair and, you know, and then if they have a really like weird uh, way of speaking. Distinctive. You know, like, yeah. Like his, like who the hell talks like that, you know? And that, but that's. You know, well, you know, no, 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 no. This is, this, 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 this is, that's not true, you know. I'm assuming uh, that's accurate because I actually don't know. <laughs> uh, I, su I suppose it's accurate. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and, then he, and then he uses like all these like long, long words like, um, no, no, no. That is sesquipedalian gobbledygook. <laughs> like, he just wants people to hate him. I know. I know. Like a lot of these politicians now, 
there's this whole genre of like um like irony or something like that the, they've created this character who's who's, who's almost you know it's, they, they're not even trying to be authentic or something they know it's going to get like smushed up into the media machine and squashed back out and people are going to take the piss out of it yeah it's, it, so they're getting ahead of that somehow i don't know i don't want to fucking know yeah but, yeah which yeah. i know is very and i always get accused of it it's a bit ostrichy it's my head in the sand but hey it's my life i'll live it whatever way i want oh look you're right i mean what can you do you nothing you, you can and and you can get so bogged down in like politics that, yeah you know it and actually I does did. start to seriously affect your yeah. And you did, right. When I was younger and I was just fucking sad from one end of the day to the other. Yeah. And then like when I used to read the news and things all day. Yeah. And then I did, I went, I, I set myself a, just, why don't I stop reading the Guardian? Why don't I stop watching yeah. Sky News? Why don't I just knock it on the head for a bit and see? Yeah. And then the world was jolly and new. And I know. I was I able know. to connect with people. That's right. It's like, it's not like people sit around talking about the news all day because they actually I don't. Know. I'd much rather talk about people's lives. Well, yeah. Uh, and so would people, as lives. it turns out. Yeah. Or just talk shit, you know? Yeah. You know, why not just spend all day talking shit? I do t- like, like this. Talk. This would be. this but this is, is talking about someone's life. Yeah. Like, we're oh, talking yeah, about things that matter. <laughs> well. well. <laughs> they matter to us. I mean, that, that's a bit of a stretch. But, well. you know, but, you know, like, look, it is, I think people should be uh, um, b- political. They should, they should, um, they shouldn't totally ignore it, but you, you can't become, you know, that angry old guy who's like going around in a state of rage over arm sales, like 24 seven. Like I have full respect for, for that person and how he got like that. But, you know, I also have a lot of time for people who are political and then act on the injustices that they see. I think that's I think the only do way to stuff. do it. Yeah. Fucking hell. If you do stuff, they're yeah. proper order. I'm yeah. t- I didn't do anything yeah. other than read the news and be sad about it. Yeah. I wasn't acting. I wasn't politicized. I yeah. was just sad. Yeah. So when people actually take action and do stuff, I think that's great. And I really yeah, encourage I that. You, yeah. So uh, directly um, interfacing with things and trying to change the outcome. One, amazing. Yeah. I know that that's, <laughs> I, I, I'm holding up my hand and saying, yeah. I know that's not me. Yeah. But I also fully reserve the right to maybe come back to this sometime later on. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to be like forever. Yeah. But this is me right now. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but when people do stuff, I'm fucking yeah, high exactly. five and the shit exactly. out of them. Exactly. So it's about yeah. acting and it's about doing as opposed to just fucking giving out. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll part that for a second. So um, what about collaboration? How do you feel about collaborating with people? I know you're talking about David Cran. Yeah. So he's like, he's somebody you work and with David Stone as well. David oh, yeah. Cran, David Stone, like two. Do you only collaborate with Paul David? Writers. Uh, <laughs> only I only collaborate, collaborate, collaborate with people called David. That's it. It's your only David role. That's it. That's yeah. it. Uh, and Jim Roach, of course. Okay. The wonderful Jim Roach. Do I know him? Uh, possibly. He's done lots of sketches with me. Yeah, I and probably of course would Brian Cheadle. Yeah. Great Brian Cheadle. Yeah, who you, who no you know ever, quite well. No one's ever said that before. Uh, I love collaborating. Um, it's necessary for me to collaborate. Um, but what often happens then is that uh, I have much more time than everybody else because uh, I don't have a life, you see. <laughs> That's very convenient. So it's really convenient, all, you know. All concerned, yeah. So uh, I can, like, then, like, 
just become completely obsessive. And then I sometimes turn around to my collaborator and I realize that they have three children. And, yes. uh, you know. The relationship with the work can be asymmetrical. It can so be asymmetrical, yeah. And, and that, so, so what, what sometimes happens then is that I just like start to kind of go off down a path. Uh, so I don't know. So it can, it's difficult collaborating. It's, it's necessary. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, like continually, everyone who comes and sits and talks to me goes it's it's necessary but it's probably the biggest challenge like yeah. getting on the same page as someone is hard it's really hard it's really hard to uh yeah to to get to the the point where you're both in the room and you're making each other laugh that's yeah. really good uh but that can sometimes you know not happen initially like so you could meet somebody and you'd have a coffee and you'd be like, wow, we've really, we're coming up with genius stuff here, riffing together. Let's meet up and uh, write something. And then, you know, you could spend three sessions with like it just being really painful. Yeah. But then, you know, if you persist. Then you might break through then that you can, thing. Then you can break through it. Yeah. And... Um, you know, but if somebody's funny and they, if they've got, you know, if you know that they've got their, their, the way that they see things is like unusual, then I think it's probably worth persisting. Uh, but, and then projects have so many different phases where there's like ideation and then there's uh, trying to make it into a thing that you all know what the, you've agreed on what the thing's going to be. I know, yeah. And then actually trying to do the boring stuff of actually like yeah. making something or yeah. uh, pulling but, together. But, but the control thing, I, I think in every, in every time I've collaborated, like there's a wrestle for control of it at some stage, yes. you know? Because people have in their head their idea of what this project is. Yeah. And even though we talk and talk, you know, like yeah. sometimes words are, almost insufficient yeah if you could take your the brain out of someone's head and stick it in your own brain for a second and look at through their eyes and go oh fucking hell they actually see this thing totally different they to see it totally different yeah. i thought we or i thought we were in agreement because we have yeah. a two-page word document with a load of bullet points on it yeah but turns out yeah they think of something else of this than i do yeah that's right and yeah and trying to almost even get past that point mm. and see like where do you see the end point of this project? Yeah. It's almost like starting at the end or yeah. something to, to go, well, I'd like this to be a film or I just like the screenplay and then submit yeah. it to the guy or maybe it could be a piece of yeah. theater. Whatever yeah. the fuck it could be, as long as everyone knows what it could be. Yeah. I think maybe somebody does have to take control of it. Absolutely, because things need a champion. Yeah. It, it, otherwise, it's I just I think weak. it probably can't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, the ideal is somebody who... you. You meet somebody and they're absolutely think exactly the same as you and they work as hard as you. And but like the reality is that um, that's not so it's it's never it's never you know somebody always goes okay well I'm I'm gonna and maybe like that's what has to happen in a project maybe they have to you know it has to be agreed that one person will drive it it'd be the creative I mean, that's what driver. it is it's the drive yeah. it's somebody to drive it that's all it is and and once that role is defined yeah. happy days. Like me, I've helped people do a few bits and bobs over the years. Um, I'm quite comfortable in facilitating role. Yeah. I, I don't have to have a You're large a very creative. You're producer and, you know. Well, I'm good at making lists yeah. and giving out <laughs> to, uh, and getting stuff done and going, well, we need this thing by two o'clock or identifying what the thing we need by two o'clock is and then getting it. Yeah. I'm fine with that. And I won't try and try and stand creatively all, right, all over someone. Mm. I'll go, you're the creative driver. I'm okay with that. I will facilitate your 
vision yeah. or attempt to help you facilitate that vision. Yeah. And I like that. I'm comfortable with that role. Well, that's amazing, you know, because like I've, I've come across producers who are actually just dying to be comedy writers and uh, they're actually trying to push their own uh, awful ideas <laughs> into the script, which is really exhausting. That's And that to me can't, I don't see how that could possibly work. Like, no. These things, they're not just words, they're roles. Yeah. And because uh, because this job is a set of tasks that ultimately yeah. needs to be done. Yeah. And you can't be, uh, everyone needs to know, like you're, I would never expect who's to have. Who's doing a, what? Yeah. Just yeah. who's, who the fuck's doing what? You know, it's, yeah. how, it's what makes the, yeah. it's what makes buildings stand up and buses run yeah. the time and exactly. surgery happen. Yeah. You know, like, it, yeah. It's why there's, shops and people in buildings you know i don't know it's a stupid thing to say but <laughs> yeah. if people there are roles for a reason and creative should, projects yeah. aren't immune from that no they just need to but then it kind of kind of needs someone to be a hard ass and go this is my job yeah. I, I i am the creative facilitator or i'm the creative driver of this and if you don't like it tough shit yeah but maybe if people said that earlier in a project it would save some pain later, yeah you know well you know there are like people you know who are the the, the creative the, the creative heart of a project like they're they're the, the the main creative person in it and like everyone's like, oh that guy's an asshole <laughs> yeah. but, i can but, thinking of a couple of them yeah i'm but... thinking of a couple of them as well and i have total sympathy for them they probably need to be an asshole to get it, to done. Get it done i know absolutely and not be, like i'm I, like i'm i don't I, I like to you know to be diplomatic so, you know, I had this experience and the producer was constantly, you know, coming with his sketches and stuff. And I was like trying to, you know, be diplomatic and, you know, say, OK, well, I'm not sure, you know. But like, you know, that's such a waste of energy. Mm. And in fact, you, you should be an asshole in that respect. And go, yeah. no, like, fuck off. And I suppose being an asshole without seeming like you're an asshole, but you're actually being quite nice. And then that's at the heart of it. That if you can mm. let someone down... You be clear, yeah, and let someone or, know how valued they yeah, are, but not yeah. this particular bit of it that ain't yeah. theirs, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, maybe, but you know, I, I you know, I've always wanted to be the kind of uh, person who who throws tantrums, <laughs> yeah. you know, Orson Welles style, you yeah. know. Uh, you and know, you're so throwing respected. shit around the room and you know you're so respected, yeah. you can get away with that. But, yeah, but I have this saying that you have to earn the right to be a prick. Well, yeah, if the work is no good, then, you know, yeah. that's just not good. That's not yeah. good. But if the work is good, well, you know. Well, isn't that wonderful? This brings us back to fucking the hell-raising To the hell-raising thing, yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they can be arseholes because yeah. they're brilliant at their job. That's right. Okay. That's it. That's right. So on that note, yeah. will we... Will, I think we've we've talked for more than an hour, Liam. Uh, more than an hour. More than an well, hour. That it's, went quick. Well, it, that was great fun. Thank well, you. Well, uh, so um, thank you very much. I'm gonna. Uh, there's a lot of stuff here to link to it. So I'm gonna link to it in okay. like the show notes, great. so people can learn more about what you're doing yeah. and what you're up to and see your different projects. Brilliant. And this uh, raising hell, who have Frank Barrington. I I know that's gonna go. This is very this is, early stages. Yeah, but, but I'm excited. I believe in it. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Liam. Thank you, Caroline.